had like 250 subs and then this one particular video got about 1800 views and that kind of blew me away i was like oh i can do this it's not talent this is a skill sooner or later that video blew up i got 157,000 views what? on <laughs> on that that video that i made which i think was like my third video after discovering all these tips and tricks and tactics and behind the curtain stuff that a lot of the YouTube gurus are not teaching or didn't teach me at least. My parallel experience was when you helped me put together a proper video, I had, I think 74 or 80 subscribers at the time. We had uh, five or 6,000 views, which is a lot more than the subscribers I had. And, and it actually adds subscribers. I get notified every day now that I'm getting subscribers, hundreds of subscribers now. I went from having one troll to having a lot of people come back. They've taken the advice in the video, implemented it, come back and said, thank you. So first lesson is, it doesn't matter if you don't have many subscribers. Both Zach and myself had so few subscribers, but were able to generate videos that get many, many more views than the number of subscribers because the platform recognizes that content and wants to reward it. That's a big lesson number one. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 1059. Today we're chatting with Zach Mason again, but not about what you think we're going to be talking about. <laughs> G'day, Zach. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Most people in my world know you as the person who helped me shed a whole bunch of kilos and fat and convert some muscle. And you've been the engineer, the architect behind the transformation that I had in 2023. So I have to acknowledge that first. Thank you. Welcome. Crushed it. Yeah, it's really been life-changing and, uh, and I'm super grateful for all of, all of that. Everything from the biometrics, DEXA scans, strength routines, keeping an eye on what I'm eating and when I'm eating and all of that stuff. I can't put into words how good it feels at my age to rediscover a decades ago version of me. And, you know, so far, we've probably not even clocked up a year since we really started on that. We're seeing sustained progress and, uh, you know, probably lifelong changes. So, yeah, you're even benching your, your body weight and beyond now. So, oh, yeah, I'm definitely benching beyond my body weight. And I've found a nice little ox of a personal trainer. He is like just built amazingly well and very technically interested. And that has been a big change too. As an entrepreneur, we're always having to be responsible. We're always having to make decisions. And I do like going to the strength training where I just do what I'm told. I do what I'm told for 45 minutes. I work hard. I get a bit of a sweat and I come away feeling better. And I know in my heart of hearts, there is no way that I would be doing a workout of that intensity or technical competence by myself. That is actually the first time I really sort of get it because I often see those posts on social media. It's like, oh, you know, what's a good time blocking software so that I don't look up social media? So I'm thinking, well, just don't go there. <laughs> have, this, have, have this self. That's it. The food's not in the fridge. You won't eat it. Right. But the reality is, um, you know, we all have our little way. I'm so strong in some areas, but I think I would be tempted to maybe just soften off on the last few reps or maybe the decision fatigue of trying to, choose, well, what's the next weight again? Look it up. It's just easy when I have someone facilitating that for me. And that's when I understood what is it like to have someone helping me? And I know I offer this service for the people who come onto calls every single week. I've been running a weekly group call for about 14 years. And I'm the one saying, you just turn up and I'll do it all with you, right? I'll, I'll ask you the questions. I'll find out what's going on and I'll tell you in concert with you and we'll, we'll make a decision on what you're going to be doing for the next week. 
been doing that for 14 years and now I get why people like that because they're in that position. Now, the reason you're here today is because you've been helping me do this when it comes to organic YouTube video marketing. And it turns out you've got a skill set that translates from not just the physical stuff, but through to the video marketing. You have an interest in video marketing. You have been studying all sorts of information and you're also quite savvy and tech integrated. You've been building up frameworks. You've been integrating it with the technology that's available to output things that are reasonably on point. And you've also got an eye for design. I think you used to be a photographer, uh, if I'm correct. And also, yeah. I think your better half is somewhat into design as well. So you've got this design eye. <laughs> so Just the interior side of things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give her Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you marry those skills that you've got up with the clear discipline of execution, which I think is your super skill. You help people get things done, whether it's transforming their body, but also transforming their video thing. So I have a story to tell about that, actually. I've learned a lot in the last year about the video stuff, and I'm in one category where I've created a lot of stuff. I've been getting results. I've created a lot of stuff. I've probably wasted a lot of time and resource making videos that weren't quite hitting the mark. I've put effort into it. I've put resource in it. I've had a team, but then along comes other people, uh, particularly like the hormosi type. They just come like a freight train in and just show everyone how it's supposed to be done. And then I think, well, what's missing? And I've now learned I've been missing hooks. I haven't been making consistent content around a theme that people are really interested in. Sometimes I'm making stuff that's a little bit to the side. And we've been able to test that with the project that you and I've been working on, how important that is. And we found out it's really important, as it turns out. But then there's the other category of people that I work with who have every intention to tap into the huge power of organic YouTube. They are prepared to put some time and effort into it, but they either don't know what to do or they just get caught up in the weeds of all the things. You just get into this paralysis. And so they're not making the content. So two categories, not making content or making content, but it's just not good enough. That's what's happening out there. And whilst people are uh, the third category is the people who are absolutely nailing it and killing it. And that's where you want to, you enough to discover who's doing that, who's teaching that, what are they actually doing, what are the steps. And, you know, we could talk about what I've done, but I want you just to come at it from your perspective. How did you land yourself as being a, a YouTube organic growth aficionado and getting results? Great question. It goes back quite a while. Like when I was a photographer in my early teens, I, I really wanted to be a videographer. I wanted to be a surf videographer because I loved watching surf films and I just wanted to be like that dude who like put things together and people could watch it. But I couldn't afford the high, like the really cool, expensive video cameras. So I ended up buying a, an actual camera and did that for a little while and studied it in high school and did my HSC body of work in photography and all that. And then kind of fell out of it when I left school. But getting into the, the gym and fitness kind of thing is, is where my life changed and obviously changed my physique, competed in bodybuilding, came out of bodybuilding and I started just making videos, you know, as you do, I learned a bunch of things and people were asking me about it. And I put a couple of videos up on, on YouTube. This was in 2016 and it got, you know, some pretty bad comments. So I just shut it down and turned it off as, ah, I can't do this. I'm not, you know, not good enough for this. Um, which was a bit defeating and ended up like selling my camera and everything. Wow. But then I got into fitness. Yeah, <laughs> completely sold it and got rid of it. I think I've got a, you have a sad violin. Yeah, that's how I felt. Zach's <laughs> YouTube campaign, 
fizzled out. <laughs> They're really bad. He's defeated and yeah. crawled off into the night, hid in your cave. They were bad videos. Though, when you look, want to look back at them, I'm like, oh. but you know, it's always going to be bad the first time. Um, even talking to the camera, I felt like I couldn't talk. I felt like someone was choking me as I was trying to talk to the camera. So, um, fell out of that and then got into fitness business and took a few years to get, to get that, you know, full time online and all that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have another crack at YouTube, but this time I want to do it properly. So I was binging all these YouTube gurus and I want to say the names cause they are genuine people. Just their courses aren't very good. Um, because they're teaching what worked for them when YouTube was very different and they blew up back then before things changed. And anyway, so I did the course and I started applying it, but like you described, you know, I got stuck in this paralysis thing, like what video do I make that's going to work? And then if I put 10 hours into a video, is it actually going to do well? And they weren't doing well. And my thumbnails sucked. The video sucked, the retention side all sucked. And I thought, all right, well, clearly I, I just don't have the knack for this. Um, this is too hard or I'm not good enough or I'm just wasn't, I don't have the, the talent. And again, almost, you know, walked away defeated from that. And then it was really about a year ago where YouTube came back on my radar and I started learning again and, and looking at it as a platform that I should really treat as a skill to learn. And you were even kind of poking me like, you know, don't just stick on LinkedIn forever. For sure. It's like single source dependency is a major threat. And you already nailed LinkedIn and you get lots of clients from LinkedIn, but I was absolutely saying you have to pick another platform, Zach. And as it turns out, I was getting really excited about YouTube as well because I can see the obvious promotion that they put those videos into, they make them playable in emails, they make them rank well on Google search. They are super keyword intent based. I've got friends like Ilana, she has been getting lots of sales from the YouTube content. She's like, there's so much evidence pointing to it. And I know all these YouTube coach people like Pat Flynn, who's got 750,000 subscribers now on his Pokemon channel. <laughs> I'm watching all of this in real time thinking, this is amazing. Mm. Yeah. The potential is insane. And once, once I had that epiphany, you know, we were talking about it for a while, I guess the right person, you know, the, the teacher appeared when the student was ready and I was well and truly ready. And, you know, we, we had many discussions and that teacher, you know, said, look, just do this. And I thought, all right, I trust him. He's proven himself. And I just did exactly what he said. And that video blew up. I had like 250 subs and I had, and then this one particular video got about 1800 views. And this was Isaac. Correct. Yes. Who, uh, you know, and I was actually, I was right there witnessing this conversation. Yeah. And um, thinking, how good is this? Hmm. It's very inspiring. So from 2016 to 2023, you didn't do much on YouTube. You'd given up on it. Barely nothing. Yeah. I had like 200 subscribers. And then you put out this video. How did it go? Yeah. Like I think in, in the first uh, day or 48 hours, it got over a thousand views, which I didn't expect. I thought this video was going to just bomb. And the thumbnail was like, Isaac just gave me the thumbnail. It took him like five minutes to make on Canva <laughs> <laughs> and um, gave me the title and said, make this. And I, I put a lot of time into that video. I put like at least 10 hours and put a lot of good footage together and B-roll and information and studies and did my best to really treat it like, I, I use this analogy a lot. I treat it as if like I'm having a dinner party with people and I want the whole experience to be great. So, you know, from buying the ingredients to preparing the food, cooking the food, eating it. It's like, it's all going to be done right. Otherwise, what's the point? I'm going to go to the effort anyway. I may as well make it as good as it can be. So I did that with this video and it did really well. I think it's up, up to about 1900 views, which was about seven or eight times my sub count. So at, at the time of that video, 
And that kind of blew me away. I was like, oh, I can do this. It's not talent. It's not that you were, you know, born into a family of actors or presenters or anything like that, or you were the top. Like I hated public speaking. Oh man, I couldn't even do it. I always came like the bottom fourth of the class in public speaking. And that was never my thing, but I thought, no, this is a skill. And Isaac proved that to me. And, you know, he did the, the, the classic, um, you know, Yoda thing, taught me everything he knew. And I just kind of grabbed the baton and kept going. And then sooner or later that, that video blew up. I got 157,000 views what? on, <laughs> on that, that video uh, that I made, which I think was like my third video after discovering all these tips and tricks and tactics and, you know, behind the curtain stuff that a lot of the YouTube gurus, gurus are not teaching or didn't teach me at least. And um, yeah. And, and at the time of getting that crazy video pop off, I only had, I think, 350 subscribers. So I don't even know what the multiple is on that, but it's, you know, exponential exposure. Oh, it's ridiculous because they reckon what if you could get 40% of your people who are subscribed to view a video, that's a good metric. Mm. Yeah, it definitely would be depending on, on how many subs you have. Like there's people who have, I mean, we, we always talk about this, but channels who have three and a half million subscribers who get 17,000 views. Right. I think really that's a very small amount of views for that many subs. This is one of the biggest lessons. This one proves the point that the platform wants to reward a great video, regardless of if you have no subscribers or a few hundred subscribers. And my parallel experience was when you helped me put together a proper video, like the first proper video that I've done, I had, I think, 74 or 80 so subscribers at the time. And it's... Yeah, it's like 80 to 90. Yeah. We had uh, five or 6,000 views which is a lot more than the subscribers I had. And, and it actually adds subscribers. I get notified every day now that I'm getting subscribers, hundreds of subscribers now, and lots and lots and lots of comments with amazing questions. And now I went from having one troll to having a lot of people come back. They've taken the advice in the video, implemented it, come back and said, thank you. Or they've asked us another question and I can link off to where I've already answered it. This one video that you helped me put together we also cut it up into little bits. But because I went away for a month, my team didn't have much else to do. So I said, why don't you just slice and dice this thing, put it out on shorts, I make a blog post about it. Mm. And we wanted to prove our new content method. So in summary, up until now, we've always done a lot of stuff, but not very good stuff. Now we do really good stuff and it doesn't have to be a lot, but it can get such good results. And I was pretty surprised when I looked at the results. I asked them to put a spreadsheet together. I said, please check how many views have we had on the core video, visits to our website, and then views of the shorts that we cut out of this one video. And the video is not that long, 12 or 14 minutes, right? And I filmed it in about half an hour. All I had was a run sheet, right? And I had, for the first time, a filmer. Well, not the first one, but a, I actually had someone else holding the camera, following me around instead of me having to set it up on a tripod and do everything. Made such a difference. So half an hour invested time. It turns out that the views that have come from this one video are up to around 27,000 now. And part of that's monetized and it's well on its way to actually becoming a monetized channel on its own right. It's only a few more subscribers and a couple more views and we're there. And this will actually be an income source. So I feel like I've been on that platform for a long, long time since early days. Mm. And I now I get it. But so first lesson is it doesn't matter if you don't have many subscribers. Both Zach and myself had so few subscribers 
but we're able to generate videos that get many, many more views than the number of subscribers because the platform recognizes that content and wants to reward it. That's a big lesson, number one. Yep, 100%. That's how it works. And if you put a good video out and people want to watch and they do watch and they like it, then YouTube goes, oh, this is a good asset. We should use this to show more people. And what we're seeing now, it's hard to prove these things because obviously YouTube don't want to give away their secret source, but the consensus across all of the YouTube kind of communities and masterminds that I'm in is that YouTube shows our videos to people who want to watch that kind of video. And this is why it's important to know exactly who you're making the video for and make it make sure it's something that they would want to watch because when someone does watch it, then YouTube goes, okay, it's this type of person. Let's find that type of person and show them. But that doesn't mean if you if I make a video about how to do a bench press, for example, that everyone who likes going to the gym is going to see that video. It just only will get shown to people who are interested in watching bench press videos. So that's why videos can take off or they might not take off because it's just not relevant. Or YouTube can't find an audience who want to watch it, basically. This is really point number two. And we tested this by me making a video on a more niche topic that does not really answer that first question. You know, Mm. who's going to watch this? Why would they be interested in it or whatever? The reality is probably not many people are that interested in it. Even me, not that interested in, in it. The situation was someone came off the first video and offered to loan me a board to test, which I did, and I tested it. And I wouldn't be a buyer for that kind of board. Nothing against the board, an amazing board or whatever, but it's just outside the sphere of where I'm at because I know what I like and it's not what I like. And so I did a review of it, but it hasn't had anywhere near the number of reviews or shares or whatever. It's got lots of positive feedback, like the thumbs up and everything's great. But it kind of proved the point. This is the big point. Number two is if you have a video that YouTube has given you love go as close as possible to that video for your next video because that is already proven and validated as this is what they want. Mm. So be able to answer those questions. And this is what I like working with you the most, Zach. You are so ruthless. (laughs) You're like, listen, before you go out there and point that camera and start talking, right? Because that's what I used to do. I used to have an idea and go and make content, Mm. give it to the team, they publish it, and then not much happens with it. Actually, I don't want to dis- dismiss it. We have had hundreds of thousands of views across the platforms and made lots and lots of sales, but we could have done so much better work, less but better, right? Dita Rams. You will not allow me to proceed unless we answer the first criteria, right? Like, who is this for? Mm. Why would they watch it? What was going to keep them holding into that video? What do we want them to be able to do or know or, uh, next after watching the video? Yeah. What's the purpose? Yeah. If you can't answer all of that stuff before you make the video, do not make the video. I've even got a post-it note. What's the point, right? Yeah. If I don't know the point of doing this thing, I will not do it. And it's something my mentor knew and drummed into me and I forgot somewhere along the way. So that's really the big point. Step one is you don't need a big following to succeed with YouTube organic growth. Step two, if you do get a big breakout do more of that exact type of content because that's what YouTube wants to feed to those people and they actually want to get it. And don't make a video unless it satisfies the criteria in advance. Now, part of the criteria along that what's the point thing, one of the other discoveries that you helped me be aware of is uh, like that last part. What do we want people to do? Now, I've remapped my whole YouTube strategy on my business channel since then. And I got to tell you, I haven't even told you the results, Zach, but I'll tell you now. What we used to do 
was we'd do a podcast and then we'd link to the podcast on my website in the email. Charlie said, no, send them to YouTube, right? So I did that. On YouTube, though, what you noticed, Zach, is that the people are now putting a a link to on-platform content, not off-platform. So on YouTube, we put a link to a YouTube video. So I actually put my sales video on YouTube. This was the big change. And in each piece of content that we publish now, we link to that sales video from the other videos because that's what the savvy guys are doing. And YouTube are more than happy to help people see that video because it's just going to lead them to watching another video on the platform. And I imagine they build up a pattern of that. And more people go through to that video, they're going to show it more. And on that call to action video, it's okay to have a link to my, you know, send me an email or here's my page where you find out more. And I've started making sales since I did that, Zach. I've had several, so I've had three sales in the last week. It's awesome. That just come through, through that organic video process. Mm. And we did a big test. You helped me with that first one. The, The second one, which you've helped guide me through every step of the way. I remember I came to you and I said, Zach, I'm getting a little confused now because I know I've got to give you prep work and I've got to do the thumbnails and the title before we even record it. And then I have to record it and then we have to edit it properly. Right. Just a lot to think about. Could you, <laughs> could I just tell you, you ask me some questions. I tell you the answers and could you go away and do all your stuff, right? Everything you've learned, everything, you know, run it through your frameworks. Like give me, and just come back to me with some suggested thumbnails and a dot point script, which is going to have the proper hook and description and call people in and deliver value and a payoff and have a call to action. Could you just deliver me that so that I can just hold it and record? And you did. <laughs> yeah. So that, you gave that to me uh, one night and the next day by mid-morning, I'd recorded it. It was that easy. And I gave it to the team. They're editing it. And I'm going to show you the edit. I've showed you the draft. You said it's good to go. Yep. We will edit it. I'll show you the edit. We'll show you the thumbnail proposals. And this is where it gets interesting, right? Another thing that you taught me is that the thumbnail is absolutely critical. You said don't even, you can't run a video unless you have an A-B split test. Talk about that. Yeah, so we have the opportunity now to actually split test thumbnails. And the benefit of that is that you can get feedback and quickly see what are people, what, what's getting the attention because if we scroll through YouTube, we're not looking at titles, we're looking at thumbnails. And if a thumbnail gets our attention visually, then we read the title and the, the title kind of closes the deal on clicking, right? So the thumbnail is what we see first. So now we can split test thumbnails and actually see, well, which one is getting a, a better click-through rate and also which thumbnail is producing a better watch time and more impressions. So it's not just click-through rate, it's not just watch time, it's a combination of all of them. And we're able to split test those and, and do like, you know, rapid feedback and, and optimize those thumbnails so that even though it's like a little bit of extra work, but it can actually create a drastic result. Like you could have a thumbnail that's getting one to one and a half percent click through rate and a quick little swap can quadruple the click through rate. That's happened to us. Yeah. Well, I've sent you one where we did two rounds of testing. We tested it the first time, got a winner. And then we pitched a new one against it and it went from one point something percent to five point something percent. Exactly. Yeah. It's like four times more people watching that video and the, uh, all the other values were higher. They watched for longer and they gave more positive feedback, et cetera. Yeah. I won't have a video go up there on YouTube unless it has a test running. It's automatic SOP now on our team. And there was a, also another revelation 
Some of the software tools will test it for 24 hours and then switch it. And then there are other tools that will test it hourly. Why is that important? It's important because the first, depending on, on how long a channel has been around, how many subscribers there are, the first 24 to 72 hours is important because that's when YouTube is like testing different audiences. So it could be a flat line and then it will spike up and you get a bunch of impressions and then it will flatline again and then it finds a new audience and then you get a bunch of impressions again. So if you're testing every 24 hours, that means one thumbnail could be getting all the initial impressions and the second one doesn't. So you think the first one was better when really the data wasn't an even split. So we kind of want even impressions so that we can judge which thumbnail is actually better. So if it's 100 impressions versus 100 impressions, then we know the click-through rate is like apples for apples, not you know off a different balance of impressions. So yeah, using an hourly test is a better way to do it. And then that way you can get quicker feedback and you know straight away, well, one thumbnail definitely does not work. So you can quickly turn that off and let the good one run. You know, you might know within 10 hours or 24 hours by running an hourly test, because if they've both got even impressions, like if they both have a thousand and you know one's 2% higher, just turn off the other one and let the other one run and, you, and you're good. What about changing the title? It does work. However, it really just depends on the video and how congruent the title is with the thumbnail. So testing the title is easier to do because you don't have to make another thumbnail. But I like to test, if I have a good click-through rate off the start, but I'm not convinced on the, the watch time or I think it could be better or the title could be better, I'll, I'll test the title. But if, if the click-through rate is pretty bad off the start and I feel like the title was on point, then I'll, I'll test the thumbnail. So you've got two different things you can do. It's it kind of case by case. Um, you can't necessarily you know apply the exact same strategy to every single video because it's always going to be a little bit different. Yeah, so you've got to have a good thumbnail. You've got to test the thumbnail. You have to have a good description. It has to answer all the questions you've done in advance. I've got to tell everyone what I did. I, I was so excited about the results that I was seeing for others. And then I, was, I tried it and I'm like, oh my God, I get results too. And you know, I have not been good at this. And it was very encouraging, especially that surf video that just took off. I'm like, whoa. Not, but not wasn't just one, right? I've done like half a dozen now that have all had good views. Yeah, It's like the formula is absolutely predictable. And now we're switching across to the business side of it and starting to see that. I did one on for operations. We took highlights from a podcast, turned it into its own video, cut it up into shorts, turned it into carousels. This is our new thing. I mean, I mapped it all out. I've got this this whole thing here. I've took my team through what we're doing, but Zach is at the figurehead of this. Anyway, I was so excited about what was happening. I asked Zach if he could help a few of my partners and put him in a little group for him to help them. And basically we were all terrible at thumbnails. All of us terrible at thumbnails. Zach, you're really good at thumbnails. We were not getting the point with the descriptions or the titles or why we're making the video. Like I remember one of the, one of the partners I put in there, the first thing he's like, how do I automate this for my team? Like, stop. We have a one video philosophy, right? Yep. And you break it even down into that. And this comes from your PT background. It's like, we're not automating anything until you get one good video. You start with one. Then I started sharing with some of my clients, right? The mentor level clients. I asked if you could help them. You put them in a little group. You started to help them. And they all had the exact same feedback as me. Mm. If you can give me a one page, then it's close to the mark. We're on fire. Yep. So... I believe you're offering this service now to others, which is partly why you're here. How do we get in touch with you, Zach, if we want you to just take over and tell us what to do and guide us and force us to make a good video? How do we make that happen? 
I'll use a very, very, very technical, sophisticated <laughs> method. Yeah. All you need to do is open up your phone, type in ZAC, that's Zach Mason, M A S O N, at live, L I V E dot com, no AU. Send me an email and say, hey, can you help me with YouTube? And I might say yes if I feel like I'm in the boot. No, I'm just kidding. I will definitely help. So <laughs> send me an email. That's it. I mean, yeah, and we'll go from there. And, you know, expect to pay for this, but it's absolutely, this is the most exciting thing that I've seen for a long time. I'm really, I'm super excited. Of course, people who have followed me for a long time will see this change because we've changed the focus of our podcast and our uh, video marketing to be very deliberate and intentional. In fact, intentional is the word. Mm. Yeah. Even when the other members were describing how they're getting such traction and breakthrough with it, then other members are like, well, tell me about this. So I imagine there'll be a limit where you max out. Yep. But for now, thank you. Thank you for helping me finally crack the code. Also, of course, Isaac was there in the beginning as well. What you bring to the table, Zach, is there are different types of videos. I know people like to do viral videos for massive advertising revenue on the platform. That might be one way. And I'm doing that to some extent with the Surf Channel. That's my goal. Yeah. For my business stuff, I want people to become a mentor member. That's my goal. Or I want people to go and look up one of my partners and to do business with them. Yeah. So I have a different goal. But you understand that because you come from a, this direct response world. So doesn't matter what your goal is. That's the first question Zach's going to ask. What do you actually want to achieve out of this? But what you bring to the table that nobody brings is the execution. You will not let them off the hook. I know you're how many calories have you had this week? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I love the accountability is, is where you absolutely rock it out of the park. What I'd like people to do, if they've got questions, uh, send them in. Ask me about it. If you, if you want to know about thumbnail testing software, send an email to me. Get in touch with Zach about getting help with YouTube. I, I'm on the program. I love the program and I'm getting results and I can demonstrate the results. My channel went from nothing to something. You've got sponsorships now and collab people. People are giving you stuff. I have. I people letting me surfboards, people <laughs> sending me equipment. Yeah. I'm now like the go-to fin expert in the surf market. <laughs> Who knew? Like, I've got a fin inventory that people... Uh, um, would you know they glean the experience from the surfluenza? <laughs> yeah, like I know that I should make another video about fins, for example. Oh, we're going to for sure. Yeah, we are. I've just ordered some fins that are coming from the United States. When they arrive, we're going to make a video around that because they're hot as hot. So beautiful. Thank you, Zach, and uh, we'll get you back on a future episode to talk about more innovation. But this is just like a what we're doing with the YouTube, why we're doing it, how it works, and if you want help. So legendary. This is the appetizer. I'm just getting your palate wet. This is it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Well, you have a nice rest of the day. You too. Thank you. This is James Schramko. 